Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavuah as we study Mesechas Yuvamas, Daf Lamid. I'm going to spend most of today's shir dealing with Averson, but let me set it up first. And a lot of today's shir is going to be a response to a question that I received from a couple of you in person on Shabbos, some others through email or WhatsApp, as far as the real shaila of what exactly is the reason why Arison and Nisuin are unified together at a wedding as opposed to what happened in the past. Now, I mentioned this quickly in last week's year, and it's interesting that it generated a lot of questions. But we're going to set it up from the context of our Gemara, and then to move Halachalamasa to what happens today, Arison and Kedushin and Nisuin. So our Gemara continues the three brothers situation. Just to set it up easily, this is the way I do it when I write my notes. Ruvain is a brother. He's married to Rachel, who's going to be a sister of Leah, who is married to Shimon, who is a brother of Ruvain. And then we have Levi, a third brother, who is married, as the Mishnah presents it, to a Nachri. Now, a Nachri here does not mean a non-Jew, as I pointed out to some of you on Shabbos, but the Nachria over here means that she is not related to the two women, though Rachel, who's married to Ruvain, and Leah, who's married to Shimon. So we'll call her uh, Shirley, who is just uh, totally disconnected. And of course, that's going to be relevant as we try to figure out Achas Ishto. The question of Yezika, Einzika, continues throughout our Gemara. But what's very important to keep in mind is, again, how Ma'amar changed things around. And what exactly is the status of Ma'amar? I'm using Mamar today mostly to set up what the parallel of Mamar, which is Arison. Now, we pointed out from the beginning of the Masechta. And a lot of this is going to come back to us on Daf Nun Beis, which I think is the most uh, significant sugya of Mamar, at least explaining the reason for Mamar. That on a Torah level, you have to have Kiddushin and you have to have Nisuin. Chachamim come along and say, when it comes to Yibum, we're not just going to have a Yibum, we're going to also have a, a period that's called Mamar. Now, if you look into the Rambam, Perik Beis, of Yibum Vichalitza and Hey, that's where you're going to find a lot about Mamar. It looks a lot, especially when you look at Perik Beis, it looks a lot like Kiddushin. A statement has to be made, that's actually the translation of Mamar, According to most others, say Mamar is a designation, but let's assume it's a statement. There's some kind of statement that is made. There is that has to be give, give over something, whether it's a ring or a star. And then you are able to proceed to the next stage, which is called Nisuin. But what you see in Parakeh of the Rambam, now you get this from the Gemara as well, but what I've pointed out a number of times and to many of you, I like to use the Rambam in very complex Gemaras, not just to give us the bottom line psak, but to help negotiate through the Gemara. And I encourage you to do so as well. You could use the any edition of the Rambam. We have, I just want to recommend the three phenomenal editions that could be very helpful. In Hebrew, there's the Frankel edition, which is the best. There's also a, an amazing uh, edition by Masada Rav Cook called Rambam La'am, has Nakudos, excellent footnotes, and there's an exceptional work by Maznayim, which I know some of you have bought. You could just buy one volume, Yibam Vechalitza, and look at the footnotes. It's, a, I think, a Chabad publication. 
You also could find it online at Chabad.org. I think it's listed under their classic texts. And the footnotes are exceptional. These footnotes could be translated into Hebrew. They happen to be written in English. It's very helpful. So when you look into Perikei of the Rambam, obviously based on our Gemara, what we're going to learn later as well, Yibam creates Ishus, full Ishus, full marriage, but Mamar doesn't, unlike Arison. Now, this goes back to what we learned in the last daf and uh, two daf ago, the whole Machlokas Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, but every Shita accepts that Mamar is not complete Ishus, which means that even though there is a need for a get, even after Mamar, the woman does not have the status of being an Ashus Ish. And there are practical ramifications of this, of whether she's considered an Ashus Ish or not an Ashus Ish, fully married. So the Dirabanan Mamar, while on one hand paralleling Kiddushin, does not establish full Kiddushin. And that's part of what's going on in our Gemara, what's the underlying factor of how to evaluate Mamar, and at least the Havaminas of whether it would create a full connection or not, and what happens in the second step of Yibam, or when we do a Chalitza out of Suffolk. Now, the question that people asked me was, okay, very nice when it comes to Mamar, but... When it comes to Arison, whereas we've established the woman does have the category of being an Ashish, even though we pointed out in last week's share, there are nafkaminas, practical differences between when she is in the Rishus of the Bala and when finally uh, of the father, and finally in marriage when she goes into the home with her husband. Why was it that Chazal merged to today? Because as I pointed out, even though we do have something today called Shiduch in an earlier stage, but the official engagement, the Arison slash Kiddushin, Arison and Kiddushin are used interchangeably, doesn't take place until under the Chuppah. In fact, that's why we read the Ketubah. The Ketubah is written under the Chuppah in order to show a Hevsik between Arison and Nesuin. So a number of you asked me, why the change? You know, the Gemara tells us, as we pointed out last time, from Masechus Ksuvus, other places as well, that at a time of the Gemara, there would be up to a year, maybe even sometimes more. And you look at the different Rishonim. Why was there a year, Arison? It was the woman to make, to earn something, to get herself ready for the wedding, for the man as well. You look into the different Rishonim, the nuance, differences between the two. But there was clearly a lot of preparation, whether it was preparation for the actual marriage or some of the preparation, if you look at some of the Rishonim, was even to pay for the wedding itself. So that's how it was done. And now they are merged together. What's the reason for them being merged? And I'll tell you that it's not a simple answer. I always thought I knew the answer to that question. I'm not going to tell you what I thought because it was right to a certain extent. But it's not like we have it spelled out. It's definitely not spelled out in a Gemara because it could be a thousand years after the Gemara where it became established not to have Arison and Nesuin split by a year. So I want to present today, after doing some research, and there's going to be a huge chiddush, at least for Shalom Baum, three basic approaches. And I'll probably spend a little bit more time, more time on one than the other two. And we'll see how, even Bisman Hazeh, this has been a question raised, especially in Eretz Yisrael, 
if let's say a couple decides we want to do the Arison earlier, or if one of the parties says there was an Arison and the other party says there was not an Arison. So that's what we're going to establish for today. If we have some extra time, which is unlikely, I could actually connect this to an Indian of Hanukkah, but I'm not sure we'll get there today. So I'm going to set up the three basic approaches without giving you the exact Rishonim uh, and Poskim, and then we'll go inside. But I think the overview will be helpful. Now, based on what I said earlier in this year, there's a lot of action going on if we would leave things with a year gap. There's action as far as mominous, finances, whether it's finances of the woman, finances of the man. You could imagine there's going to be father-in-laws and mother-in-laws and different involvements, both as far as preparing the home, preparing for a wedding. Think about what goes on today. There's also, there has also been a status change. This woman now has the status of being an Eshesh Gemura, unlike the Mamar situation. So how do you deal with the status change of the woman? The fact that she's living as a married woman, but not with her husband. So the reason that I always understood was there would be the concern that she'd slip out of the house of her father to be with her husband, especially, and I don't want to spend much time on this, but if you want to say that the Kiddushin could have been effectuated not only with Shtar or Kesef, but even with Bia, so then you're going to tell the couple to separate. But we know that's not that wasn't the practice even at the time of the Gemara. Rav criticized such a practice. This will come up later on. So the three basic. So I always thought that that was the main issue that they'd get back together. I didn't find that explicitly spelled out, and I could be missing it. But I think it's alluded to, or it's just a basic fact. But there's three basic approaches that I was able to find. And again, it's not presented clearly in the Gemara because the Gemara time, there was the 12-month break. One approach is going to be that there was an Aishish concern, but not necessarily that she's going to be with her husband, that she'll be with someone else in this year. And it's a big difference if a Basula or if a uh, Panuya, sorry, someone that is not married as an Aishish happens to have relations with someone that's not allowed, but now that she has the status of being married, we got big problems. And then you're not going to be go, able to go through with the wedding because we know that Usr Labal, Usr Labal, person who has uh, we'll call it an affair, can't be together with her husband and can't be together with the person that she had relations with. That's going to be one concern. You merge Arison and Asuan together, we take care of that. And again, I'll spell out the exact sheetas. View number two which goes to back to my introduction. There's the concern that now that she has the status of Aishish-ish, well, now she's more vulnerable. If the man decides that he can't handle the pressure of this marriage, or he's not interested in being married, or she's no longer being interested in being married, and they split. So if there's a broken engagement, there's probably not many halacha considerations. I say probably not because there could be certain situations where there are some financial arrangements that have to be taken care of if you have a tenayim, especially one with monetary. And even today, if there's an engagement, you have to deal with the ring. But now you have a split 
and you have a woman who's hanging in as an ish. And as we'll see from some of the chuvos, if there's real no commitment to each other, then this woman could be left as an aguna. That's going to be a second concern. You merge the two together, you don't have that concern. And the huge chiddush that I never was aware of until this year, and Baruch Hashem, I was able to do the research and preparation for this year, is a financial consideration. The financial consideration here is not the fact that sometimes the finances creates the split, especially if you have a year to deal with it, which I do think is part of the issue. But is there going to be enough money to pay for an Arison Sauda, which would typically happen, and then you have to pay for the Nisuin, for the wedding ceremony and the Suda, and then for Sheva Brachas? So therefore, there was a certain Takana or at least acceptance, that we're going to try to lower the expenses and merge them together. That's pretty ironic, especially today, where you may end up having a l'chaim, a vart, an engagement party for the father's side, for the mother's side, in certain situations for the friends. And then you get to the wedding and the afraf, and look how much money is being spent. If that's the reason that we merge the two together, it's somewhat ironic. So let's start doing a breakdown of the shitos and some contemporary chuvos as well. Rabbi Yosef Cairo in the Beis Yosef, Evan Ezra Simon Samach Beis, Ha'idna Eino Hagen Le'ores Ela B'Shas Chupas. So he's already discussing at his time, and as we'll show you, it goes back uh, several hundred years earlier, Eino Hagen Le'ores Ela B'Shas Chupas. Erison and Nisuan would take place together. But then he qualifies it somewhat, and he says, You see, he's commenting on the tour. That's what the Beis Yosef does before he writes the Shulchan Aruch, his own halachic work. And he says it goes either way. So he's not saying it's a takhanas chacham or established that way. When you get to the Ramah, and you have to flip around a little bit, because this is the Ramah, in Evan Ezer, discussing Hilchos Kiddushin Simon Nunhe, it's the very outset of the Simon, Sif Aleph. He says, He's basically saying over here, he describes a little bit of what Nisuin is, that Kiddushin and Nisuin are together. Again, they're not integrated, but they're happening in the same place at the same time, obviously with the break in between. And it has an impact also on the brachos. How does it impact brachos eris and brachos nesu? And that's what he's discussing. Now, you can't say that the Ramah is saying it's his dakana, but clearly that is the practice. When you look at the gra, the great Vilnagon, on the Be'er HaGra, very important notes, sometimes very brief, and sometimes a little bit longer. These are a little bit longer than uh, usual. The Be'er HaGra on the Shulchan Aruch, Evan Ezer, Simon Nun Sif Aleph, and Sif Katan Yud Aleph, says, Tam Laminog the reason for this. And this is not a minhag, like you just say it's a nice uh, practice, but seems to be the halacha, Shalote Aser Allah Pepesach Pasuach. And then he quotes, and he wants to show this even based on uh, certain logic, from Yerushalmi, the impact of our Pesach Pesach on the Yerushalmi's understanding. What does Pesach Pesach mean? 
this is the claim. If Rachman al-Aslan, a man, says to his wife, who he thinks is a virgin, he finds out after being with her, Pesach Batsuach Matsatsi. So that's a nice way of saying that we're concerned about the Znus issue. The Znus from someone else, while she has the status of being an Asus Ish, and I spoke about the halakhic impact. So that's from the Gra. Now, the second approach that I was able to find, and I'm giving it to you from the Tashbates. I saw this very similar in the Ravaz, some others as well. The Tashbates, we sometimes call them the Tashbates, other times we call them the Rashbats. He's one of the great Rishonim from the 14th century. He was the chief rav of uh, Algiers, when many Jews in northern Africa started off somewhere else. A lot to say about him. We talk about him a lot when we learn Pirkei Avos, because of his incredible parish on Pirkei Avos. The Tashbates and Tuchuvos that I was able to find, Chelek Aleph Simon Kuflamid Gimel, and I also have another source for the Tashbates. More or less, these are dealing with real situations in Chelek Aleph Simon Kufn and Dalit, is the concern that a man will make a claim that there was Arison that took place. And there could have been Arison that takes place before Nisuin, and he would abandon the person. He would abandon this woman, either that she should be an Aguna, or there would be some pressure financially put on in order to get a get. You see how these issues are old issues as well. Look at the Radvaz as well. Anyone who looks up all of these Makaras, Chelek Aleph, Simon Shin Peibes. What seems pretty clear from the, the Tashbates, and that's why I was focusing on the Tashbates, is that it's the Takanas Chachamim, which then raises a question, which is a very big discussion, Bizman Hazeh. Let's say there was Arisen. Let's say you, a person went against the Takana and has Arisen. Do Chazal have the power to be Mafkia the Kiddushin, to uproot the Kiddushin? Because we know from a number of places in Shas that all Kiddushin are done al-das bezdin. And before we give a simple yes, you have to be very careful about the yes, because then this would be a very easy solution for the Aguna issue, as we apply it today. And there's so much more to say about it. But this sugya will come up there. And there were certain situations where the Tashbait said yes, they could be mafkia the Kiddushin, but we have to be very careful before applying that today. But clearly over here, you see, in order to not have her have the category of Aishas Ish and any of the negative ramifications of it, slightly different than the Gra, who's focused on the Znus issue, the Radvaz, the, the, Tash, the Radvaz as well, but the Tashbates that I quoted in both of the Chuvos, is dealing with her status of an Aishas Ish, possible pressure that the man could put on and possible claims that he could make and unfortunately to leave her as an aguna. So Baruch Hashem, today we're not going to have that issue at least at this moment after the Arison. Now this brings me to a, uh, a, a third possibility. i just mention briefly because I think I have a couple of extra minutes that at least I'm going to take. There's a fascinating tshuva of Rabbi Vadya on this I'd love to spend the whole shear just on this, but I won't. Yabia Omer Chelek Dalit, Evan Ezra Simon Hay, where he says in Eretz Yisrael, in Tufshin Yud, so that's 19, 1950, 51, 
it was clearly established that no matter what country Jews came from, they would not be Ariston until the Chuppah. You get a sense from this Yabiya Omer that in certain countries, maybe they were having Ariston well in advance. And he has an amazing case where a guy claimed that he became halakhically engaged to a woman. He says the store owner was a witness. Two people on the street were witnesses. In this tshuva, Rebbe says, chas v'shalom. He gives 11 different reasons why there was no Ariston. And this ends up being one of the reasons, because they couldn't have been an Ariston, because halakhically this is not Ariston. He's not resorting to being mafkia the Kedushin, he has so many other possibilities, including the fact that the witnesses weren't valid witnesses, but it's a fascinating tshuva. One of the witnesses claims that the Kala was dressed up for a wedding. She says, I'm not dressed for a wedding. I was wearing my regular type of uh, hairstyle. But he deals with this issue and well, as well and quotes some very important uh, Mikoros. The final possible reason for allowing the Kiddushin and Nisuin, or requiring the Kiddushin and Nisuin to be together, is found in a Sefer Ha'ora. Now, the Sefer Ha'ora is, an un, if we could say, an underrated Sefer of Rashi. Rashi did not only write a parish on Rashi, on, on Chumash, Rashi also has a number of halachic works, and some of the, these halachic works are from the school of Rashi, such as Machzor Vitri. Sefer Ora is one of these works, but we actually attribute it to Rashi himself. And Rashi comes to the bottom line in the Sefer Ora Chelek Beis Yud called Maisa Bechasan, and he's dealing with a real life story. And he says the reason why we split it is because we don't want to create Toreach, the, the bother of the financial situation that will end up taking place. If you end up having two different uh, smachos, you'll have a, an Arison, a Sudas Arison, and a Sudas Nasuin, you're going to end up with a burden. He goes on to say, You can't have an Arison without a big party. You can't have an Asun without a big party. This will be a burden. I think the reference over here, if you want to go back to the Gemara Masechus Pesachim, Kuf Yud Bez Amad Aleph, the famous teaching of Asei Shabbat Chachov Labrios. Better to have less on Shabbos, not the fanciest meals, than to start becoming dependent on others. And this is part of a much bigger discussion as far as expenses on Simchas. The famous, famous uh, letter that the Stipler wrote so many years ago that unfortunately is not listened to so much of people that go into Hak in order to take care of weddings and apartments and different type of things that you'll end up becoming an Evet because you'll end up borrowing from people your whole life. We have uh, many sources going back to the times of Rishonim where there were attempts to temper down Smachot. This Gemara becomes part of this discussion. Have a great week of learning.